Hi, hello, welcome to the after party where I summon a cloud of knives. You summon the cloud of knives. Cloud of knives. I was gonna do it. God, joke. it was good. I summoned two things. One was a badger, whatever, <laughs> but I finished strong with a cloud of knives. I appreciate that you turned your instrument of murder into farming equipment. You know, we really just built that moment together here at the table, and I think that it's really beautiful that out of death and destruction, we can contribute something to the environment. Johnny really wants to retire to his Rancho Idilo. I think we all do. <laughs> At this point. And, you know, it's a lot of acreage and, you know, you need de- good dependable... I'm getting choked up thinking about it. Good dependable farming <laughs> Definitely equipment. Definitely not a burp. But no, I, I think it was really cool to use part of an item that I received in our first arc and have really conserved up until now. Um Lots of things from the past get in use in this episode. Like, yeah. I don't know, the Book of Things to Come. That that little old tome, that, that little doorstop. Yeah. That old paperback. <laughs> that, old paperback. that old so-and-so. That little <laughs> penny arcade. So when you were using your patch, have you? is there a reason why you haven't used one yet? Is it fear? No. Uh, uncertainty? Uh, maybe. I talked about that in therapy yesterday, but uh... <laughs> about your patch in your D and D game. <laughs> no, but I, in some cases, feared the consequences. Like the doors, I have a, a kind of like vague idea of what it could be. I very nearly used it when we were with the bone whale, but in most cases, there have been kind of backup plans. But here, like I need to defeat that thing, and I had no other better options. It doesn't help that I've been very adamantly against the use of the door thing because yes. I just have a lot of bad experiences with the well, it's the city of a thousand doors or whatever it's called. Again, there's no there's, there's no, no one saying that, sure that that is that, what it thinks. I associate any door at any point with bad magic times. Here's a fun fact about Michael Fichet. He doesn't use doors. No. I'm allergic to doors. He yeah. has to take them off the hinges before Do you know uh, the, the musical band The Doors? I do. Never heard of them. That's true. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to say what the patches are on the robe. I mean, you can make educated guesses about what the pictures might mean, but other than that... When I play video games, I always save all the items. I never use them. I'm too scared to use them because what if I need them? It'll be the final boss, and I'm like, what if there's that extra boss at the end? You I know? do that in my pantry, and then I have baking soda that's two years old. Delicious. And then you end up with six things of baking soda that yeah. are two years old. You do. And then you say, Brandon, you're a hoarder, and you need to throw out your baking soda. And I say, I might bake. Yep. Who are you, you know? talking to in this scenario? Myself. Oh, okay. Just making yeah. sure. Uh-huh. That's why I have a like four-cup size of pumpkin puree Yep. that I got in September for oatmeal. Oh, but dear. now I'm just going to have to find an excuse to make pumpkin oatmeal cookies. Oh, my God. Pumpkin oatmeal sounds so fucking good. Holy shit. I never even thought about this. You just blew my fucking mind. Oh, you dog, could do it's the best. Pumpkin you could put raisins. Oatcakes. You could put chocolate chips. It's very good. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, but no, that book is terrifying. And I love that kind of moment where all of us realize what's going on at the table. For me, it was hearing the word, Jamie, yes, of course, I'll marry you. I was like, <gasps> heard this before. I'm terrified. Yeah, I like to think now that when I wrote in the book previously, many episodes ago now, I forgot what I wrote. You just said, like, what's next, I think. Yeah, I think I said I wrote next. Mm-hmm. And I like to imagine now Zayol was like, hey, 
Stop it. That yeah. hurts. Hey, get out of here. This is mine. Excuse me. <laughs> or now, in the embodiment, physical manifestation of Zale, he has written on his body somewhere just the word, <laughs> what's next? What's just next? the words, what's next? Question mark on him. I'm a real sucker in fiction for the like prediction that you never thought could be true, but oh no, in the end, due to your actions you've taken to try to avoid the prediction, it actually is inevitable. So part of me is almost just sort of like resigned. Like there's nothing we can do to try to avoid this. It's going to happen if it's going to happen. And we'll just have to try to deal with it when it's there. The Undying Light teaches a little more about deterministic fate. Mm -hmm. So not like it is written in stone. Is it both of you? Is that what your characters believe? Or is that what you as players think? That's what Johnny believes. And then also as a player. So Johnny's not worried at all. Johnny is not worried because at least with his line, he can come back to life. So eh. You didn't know that you could do well. You you knew it was upcoming, but when we first heard it, you did not have that ability. Yes, technically speaking, I did not have that ability. Does Anara believe it? Is she worried? I think Anara probably is uh, performing indifference, but uh, we'll just casually avoid oceans while what's they're your, in uh, Chronopolis. What's your role for performance? It's always strong, Johnny, Michael, Fish. It's always strong. Wait, I got another question. Who do you think yeah. the mayor is? <laughs> Oh shit! Who do you think won, Mayor McCheese? Yes, it was Mayor McCheese. Great, thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. I don't know. In uh, one of the outer towns of Chronopolis, Mayor McCheese is not the mayor. (laughs) Uh, Tracy's scared out of his mind. By the way, he doesn't want to (laughs) die. He doesn't want to get hunted. Yeah, it's it's dead or alive. That's true. (laughs) That is true. You could be fine. Do we want to do a pool as to who Mister Pickles is? Or what Mr. Pickles is? Okay, yeah. I, I th- really hope Mr. Pickles is a love interest for Oatcake. <laughs> I was going to say, Mr. Pickles is a puppy. Oh, yeah. Oh, or yeah. is Mr. Pickles another camel for love interest mm. for Joe? Or, or a crocodile. a crocodile. We Do have cro- three animals, each character with an animal. Which animal will it be? What Eric's looking at me like I should just shut up. It's <laughs> animals and animals. The what if it's animals. One third game crocodile, one nope. third puppy, and nope. one third nope. camp. Nope. Nope. You know what? That would nope. only really nope. work if it was an alligator with a hump and a little puppy paws. <laughs> cannon, 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 cannon. I'm calling it now. That's I own Mr. this Pickles. game now. I am your DM. Welcome. I'm Eric. I have invented some monsters before, so this is not out of the realm of possibility. It's not a monster, it has feelings at a heart. Speaking of monsters, though, we met a monster. We met a Hydra. We met a Hydra. I'm right here. Very oh, sorry. mythological. Very mythological and very invocative of death, which makes sense since we are meeting the death slash time god, which I am no Julia Shafini, but I can tell you that in my limited experience doing 80 plus in-depth episodes on mythology throughout the ages on my other show spirits, death <laughs> gods are almost always time gods. There is something about the like cyclical nature about, obviously, the passage of time, old age, rebirth, like all these things are really strung up together. And frequently that involves agriculture as well and fertility because, you know, it's like a spectrum, life to death, you know, fertility to barrenness or whatever. So it reminded me very much of Persephone and Hades, this whole idea of like the death god allows or is really joined to the goddess of fertility, harvest, bounty. So I am totally ready to sass the pants off of Zaol and to... Tell him exactly what Inara thinks of him. I just really want uh, to go to- He's a jerk. It. Sorry. That's what it was. He's a jerk. That's what I'm going to say to him. Say, Mr. Zale, you're a jerk. Okay. I'll, I'll register that with him. Thank you. Kind of makes me want to go to a Jewish deli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I swear. So Fish and I, we were hanging out. And we, Fish was doing his Jewish grandfather voice. I do lots of voices just like as part of mm-hmm. my day to day. Like it's a constant thing. It's out of my control. And he was doing it. And I'm like, oh man, I can't believe I haven't done a Jewish grandfather voice on the podcast. I mean, look at you. It's been how many episodes and you're not doing it, my boy. You gotta, I'm just, I get so worried about you. You're not, you're not eating right. I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. I will say that I wrote down, Zayol has a Jewish grandfather voice. And I texted Julia to ask if it was funny. So I, I have <laughs> a paper trail. Yes? She said, do whatever you want, my dude. And I'm like, yes, I'll take it. So I have a paper trail. And I, I actually said that just to bait fish into this conversation. <laughs> but hydras, though, how do they work yes. when we cut off the limbs and the heads and the arms and stuff or whatever? Like some grow back, but we were still able to kill it. So how so does that hydras function? only when you cut off their heads, they grow back. And there's actually a entry for hydra in the regular monsters manual and there's some really cool stuff it's if you do 25 damage or more you cut off a head but then two more grow back and for each two that grows back you get 10 hit points back but so that doesn't necessarily like outweigh the damage that we're doing to it by no. cutting off things. no but like each it's head is harder. 10 points or it's like two steps forward one step back right yeah. exactly so it's kind of like up to my discretion i mean when tracy did a ton of damage with his gun that was like a really good yeah reason. it was really cool and stylish and i looked very good doing it yeah i mean you took five opportunity attacks when you were doing it but it's worth it. i love that he literally says that he gets a reaction for each one of his heads. Oh, that's and bullshit. It's used, Let me, do you have and it's Gary's towards, number? That yeah. I can just, uh... <laughs> you can call him up. And uh, I actually got inspiration from Reddit, from our D&D behind the screen. They had a plantify your monster section because like May is plant month on the subreddit. And this was actually the example that they gave, which is like flower hydra. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And they gave like a vague sort really of idea cool. about it. Yeah. But I kind of filled in some of the other stuff. I dropped its HP down a little bit. And it hides really well in bushes, which is why it had the surprise attack to Inara. And it's for Hydra, it's usually you get a bite attack for each head. But I switched it to Thorn Whip, which is a hunter cantrip, I think. I think it's what you learn with Ivysaur at level 28. Uh, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Perhaps, if not 26. Right. That's um, my roller derby name. <laughs> and it's the good. same it is the same amount of damage but it pulls you 10 feet closer and if you got subsumed there was going to be some like shambling ooze type of damage if you got pulled all the way in there like That's my cool. fucking cosmonaut of a badger in my head the way this hydra my head canon the way this hydra was created was Miracle Grow is literal Miracle Grow in this fantasy universe. I think someone poured a monster energy drink onto a small rose bush. That's also good. And the person who did it is that one sketchy salesman from Fidopolis who Marcus we never Magic Marcus Magic Person. We never dealt with him, did we? No. He disappeared. We should go murder him. Arc six. Murdering murder, murder Marcus party. Murder, Hunting party. <laughs> Murdering oh. Marcus Magic Person. Still got no idea what the arc title is, but, uh, you know, going from there. Yeah, I don't know why either. Uh, it has been a full labor. Earths are seven labors, isn't that a reference? What is that? It's a number of reference. Yeah. Wait, what is that? I don't know. Inform it's, me. It's uh, Hercules X labors. No, it's mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's, Hercules. it's Hercules. Hercules. Yeah. I can tell you that the twelve labors of Hercules are Hercules, like a Hercules. Penance that Hercules has to carry out, and they're stuff that you're not supposed to be able to do, like impossible tasks um, that he has to do for King Eurystheus. Such as kill a hydra. Such as kill a hydra. <gasps> there it is. <gasps> what are the other ones? 
pet Mr. Pickles. Is one of them Mr. Groom Pickles? Mr. Pickles. <laughs> he has to slay the Nemean lion. He has to slay the nine-headed hydra. That was labor number two. There's a boar, right? Um, capture the Cyrenian hind. Capture the Erythmanian boar. These are all very hard to say. Clean the Aegean stables in one day. Slay some birds. Capture a bull. Steal a horse. Obtain a girdle of Hippolyta. Obtain some cattle. Steal some apples. And then capture and bring back Cerberus the three-headed dog that guards the gate to Hades. Ah! Dog patch! Ah! Yes. I'm losing my freaking mind over here. Why no. is no one else freaking out? Because I'm just re-watching the uh, Disney Hercules movie, which isn't that great, in my head. Whoa, wow, yeah, whoa, whoa. Are you serious? It's a very good movie. It's <laughs> not that great. Um, but I am now imagining him having like his Nike swoosh uh, shoes and his like McDonald's like drinks. I will say the most, the one I'm looking forward to most is attend the opera. That's going to be the delightful. Opera, the opera. Are you kidding? I will put on opera glasses. I will wear a full gown. It will be delightful. Oh, man. I, I want Inara to wear like a tux with tails. Yes. What are you going to wear, Johnny? Johnny will be singing. <laughs> In the opera. Johnny is the. Uh... Yeah, he's the guy, definitely the guy that the ushers have to kick out because he won't stop singing along to the show. <laughs> Eric, you have any thoughts, feelings, hints? Yeah, I feel pretty good that you guys put that that one together. Remember when you said the word Hydra accidentally? Yes, <laughs> like I do. Five times, do and then it took that. us until you said it's a Hydra it regrows. To yeah, until out. I said it regrows the heads. So then you're like, oh shit, it's a Hydra. Yeah, we're dumb. Yeah, I was um, gonna shit it no matter what. We're dumb and pretty though. I want to party with Zayol. That's all I gotta say. With an old Jewish I grandfather. Don't. Seems cool as hell. I want to like, like he can make one night literally last forever. Well, I think that's all we're going to get out of the DM for now. So let's return to some listener questions for this after party. This question comes to us by email. You can email us at hello at jointhepartypod.com. This is from Alicia Moore, who wants to know about play by post D&D. Hi, all. And then she says a bunch of nice things about us. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thanks. And her question is, what are your thoughts or experiences by play-by-post RPGs? I have trouble with role-playing in person. I feel awkward doing so, but I'm about to enter an in-person campaign again with a first-time D&D player, so I'm hoping to kick my awkward feelings in the tail and get past them. Do it. You you got this. We totally believe you. Got you got know. it. In the meantime, my husband DMs a game just between the two of us, and I have to say I'm enjoying it so much more than I did at first and only campaign I was in a couple years ago. There's not as much pressure to perform, and I have time to respond in a way that is feel is more appropriate to my PC instead of having my own personality interfere. I really appreciate all you do and hope to be able to listen to your sessions for a very long time. Love from Dallas, Texas. Hey, what up, Dallasite? And this is Lish. So this refers to games that are played by email or by like snail mail and stuff, right? Or like maybe by forum or by okay. email. Like, in a way where you can take time to answer, maybe do a yeah. little bit of research, and it's like a play-by-mail chess, which yeah. is something I've always wished I've done and I never did. Yeah, or growing up, one of my first kind of like internet communities was role-playing, and before there were like prevalent like chat applications that wasn't just the aim, you would do it usually by email or by forum post. So that's something that I spent a lot of time doing. I loved it so much because exactly like the questioner said, you have time to think and you don't have to just like, uh, and then just blurt out the first response that you can think of. So it sounds pretty awesome. I think like most emails that are questions, your answer is in your question. And it sounds like you're having a really good time doing this with your husband and any form of role playing that you are doing that makes you feel like you're having a good time and you feel comfortable. Just like do it. 
This is my affirmation to do whatever you want that makes you and the people around you feel comfortable. Okay. It seems exciting that you're going to be able to do a IRL one, but definitely keep doing the ones on forum posts. I did a long time ago, a couple of years of this sci-fi one where I had to like find a ship that on the internet design and I had to like write all these things and giant posts and we would all like take turns doing it. And it, would, it took so long for anything to happen, but it was a good thing because we all had time to, we did space battles on a forum. Like it was crazy. Wow. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Very I'll also say like, uh, it sounds like you're playing your your RP in like a really cool way. Like taking time to think about how your PC would actually react is valuable. I think a lot of people are gonna enjoy that. I don't think I don't think you should feel so ashamed of taking some time to think before you act. Yeah. You'd be surprised the amount of silence Brandon has to cut out when we're just sitting there being like <laughs> my own silence. I wonder. <laughs> and in terms of getting more comfortable with in-person role playing, I absolutely second everything we've said so far. And something that Fish said many episodes ago where you can kind of inject role playing into any game. It doesn't have to be a, a role playing game specifically, but you can play Betrayal at House on the Hill. You can play like Bananagrams or Boggle or you know or or something or poker. Poker is role playing, you know, like you can do whatever you want to kind of get comfortable with these players in particular, or even with you and someone you trust, whether it's, you know, your husband or friends or whatever, you can get comfortable making silly choices and doing silly voices um, in a way that isn't where like that is the only thing that stands between you and the next person's turn. Anyway, so good luck. It sounds like you're gonna have fun. Yeah. If anyone has any experience playing uh, by post RPGs, role playing, also like by post chess, I super want to hear about it. The only experience I really have is John Darnielle's um, Wolf and White Van. Yeah, such a good book. But like, if you have an experience, just like hit us up on social media and we'll or by email, and we want to share this with Lish. We really want to hear your experiences. This is from Mickey, who also emailed us. Hey, I just binged the entire pod in a week, and it's a problem. Thank you so much. For oh my listening. gosh, this is not a problem at all. Anyway, my question is, what is it like to DM? How much of it is simply flying by the seat of your pants, and how much is carefully planned out? Uh, and then they attached a meme for Anara, who they wish is their tiny girlfriend. Adorable. Anara also wishes that she were someone's tiny girlfriend. Again, I tried so hard. <laughs> um, okay, I want to. We've talked about DMing in the past, but I really want to focus on this, like how the difference between prep and improv. Um, I want to be honest about something. <laughs> now, that we're, now that we're past it, uh -huh. um, for everyone who listened to the live show. It seemed like it was pretty straightforward. Uh, I did not have a resolution for how you were supposed to bring down the Zaratan. Love it. Like, oh, however, you were, however you did it, and if it was, like, made sense and you made the rolls, like, that was how you were going to do it. I had some ideas. Like, I definitely put the slide whistle in there, and I figured that you were going to press to digitate it to make it to make it even louder. But it's like, you could have done anything. You could have gotten Inara's cousins to help. You could have, like, jumped down and used the forest. You could have tried to do some other magical stuff. I like, you gonna... could have tried to kill it if you really wanted to. It would have been really difficult, but you could have tried. So giving yourself room to improv is just as good as having 5,000 notes of DM prep. I super, super, super second that. The best games for me as DMing and my players have been the ones that I've, like Eric's done many times at JTP, thrown away most of my stuff because <laughs> it's just the players are the ones who should be taking the reins. It's not a DM versus players. It's a DM with the players. And when the DM is improving as much as the players are, because the players really only are improving, you get a lot of more fun times. But it's also why most DMs get real exhausted at the end of the game because they aren't able to look at a book 
the entire time. I will say, if you're a first-time DMer, that's why I do like the modules or the pre-written stuff, not just from Wizards of the Coast, but the things that fans have done. And you can go to Drive Through RPG to get some of these, you know, so that you can work with them and then start getting your comfortness out to get out of there and improv some more. It's a good time and... You know, you can prep all you want, but you can't control a player. So, <laughs> isn't that the fucking truth? As Eric knows. Yeah. It sounds like really good advice for like parenting. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a parent, but it sounds like one day, just like do your best, try to have structure, and then like go with the flow, roll yeah. with the punches. That sounds pretty good. I have a question for the players, and I think it's worth saying this out loud. Does it bother you if you know that your DM is pulling something out of their pants? No, I love it. I'm sorry, I just immediately didn't even give anyone else to say. I love it. I love when a DM is like, oh no, I'm totally out of options. Okay, here we go. Because it, it gives a more dynamism. Diamond, I can't words. Uh, it's I, more exciting. It's more exciting because it feels like we're at the same time. It feels more collaborative in the moment. Which, that is to say, it is not bad when they have prep stuff, but it changes the energy in the room, which can be beneficial, especially if it's been like a like three hours and it feels like a slog and suddenly, boom, the energy changes and... Ah, ah, ah. shape like a turtle. Ah. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd like it too. Initially, I... When I could recognize moments of you needing to completely make things up as we go, I would feel bad as your friend that like all the work that you did was was kind <laughs> of uh, for now on the cutting room floor. But I, I find it to be really funny and I love the stuff that you come up with in the moment. I am more comfortable doing those kinds of decisions now myself. So it feels like we're all, like Fish said, you know, in the same boat, like trying to bail water out slash row the staying thing together. I think yes or no for me, and I think it's because of who I am. So I, I very much am a person that likes to watch video games. I very much like to oh, be yeah, a passive same. person. It's a good thing we play an active role-playing game together. <laughs> but I love I love stories. I just like listening to hear stories. So like, I love when DMs and you specifically improv within within the uh, like minutia or like within the sure. step by step because that feels like it's dynamic and we're playing off each other. It is not you specifically, but like if a DM were to change the the ultimate end goal, or not have a plan for the ultimate end goal, it's frustrating for me as someone who likes to ingest stories because I want to have that like nice buttoned up resolution. Sure, that's just me. Well, hopefully, no DM's ever doing that kind of improv. No, hopefully. no one wants to like DMing is the balance between improv and prep. Like you yeah. should have your very big set pieces and your plot points laid out, but like you can fill everything in with goofs yeah. by, when you work with your players. Like we've said before, it's like the creativity is getting between points A and B, and it's not like rewriting a complete map from scratch. Yeah. Really good TV shows that rely on improv, like a Always Sunny or a The League, will come into a scene. They know they have to either say a certain phrase or sentence, and they know how their character needs to leave, and a lot of it will be left up to the actors, to the improvisers, and that's kind of how good D&D should be. The DM definitely knows where he wants his players to eventually get to. Now, how they want to get there... Uh, what they want to do on the way, you know, that's up to the relationship between the players and the DM. And I think that's what's really cool about improv. And I think Eric's been uh, killing it with it uh, so far. We'll see. 
We'll see. Thank you, bro. Out. Thank you. Well, it's funny that you say that because this leads right into a question from our Discord from Raccoon Danny. Thank you so much, Danny. This is a question for DM Eric, but I'm also going to ask Amanda some stuff about this because the question is, what are your original intentions with Oatcake? Did you plan for having her stick around for so long, or did you have to roll with it when an R rolled high with animal handling and gave her a name? When she had a name, she wasn't going anywhere. Uh, this was always an option. Uh, remember, we got oat cake during the chase scene. The in... flippening, flip day, flipperoo, flip holiday, greatest day of all flip, time. Flip hooray. Individual Independence Day, flip day. Also That's known full as... name of the holiday. Yes. Exactly. Also... That is a long name. Someone give me the initialism. I want to know it. <laughs> <laughs> also known as an episode during, was this political party? Wedding party. It was Wedding Party, party. The one of the later episodes of Wedding Party, which was the big chase to get kidnapped Alonzo back. I was using uh, this chase mechanic, as I talked about during this episode, where I just had an events table. And one of the events tables that I had specifically for the second section, which was the garden section, was that you were going to meet a dog and have a dog. Like, that was, that was an option for anybody. Like, if it was your turn, you could have gotten a pup. I and, promise. And you haven't given us this option in, in the future or now or Well, whatever. I have Joe and you have uh, Tallahassee. You have Tallahassee. Oh, I, I, have a, I have a spike dog. I gave all of you pets. <laughs> yeah. I just don't see mine a lot, but that's cool. A scaly dog. You have so, used Joe in very specific situations, dog. though. Yeah, that's true. And Joe is so OP. I Joe just can't is have you. so OP. Fish He's... has a tall, lumpy dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe might be more min-maxed OP than uh, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so it was always my intention to have uh, Oatcake stick around, though we haven't gotten into Oatcake's backstory and why she showed up with boxing gloves, and I hope that we get to that at some point. I hope so, too. We've used the ethereal plane, but her gloves are just in my pack, and we haven't uh, really dealt with it yet. No. Do we talk at Mike about this dog being a celebrity dog? Weren't they, like, on a poster? Yeah, actually, <laughs> that's right. We did it at one point. Was it on mic, though? We got, I just want to put this I in. Don't I don't this. care. Okay. At one point, I don't remember when. We, it was a, we were making a joke, and I think it was in the episode. I think I left it in because it was really funny. And Let's just was say a... it may have been on the cutting room floor. It but may be the same. joke? But I don't remember The joke was that we, there was a poster about, I think, okay, hang in there poster or something like that. That's, oh, that's right, like a meme. A meme, yeah. yeah. And it like, was confirmed to be okay. Was this in Captain Alex's ship? Or someone's But like that is can that is canon. <laughs> there was a a poster of Doke as a celebrity as a celebrity doge. Yeah. All right. Well, she contains multitudes and we'll see. Yeah. So believe me, I do have things planned, but hopefully we will get to it and we'll go from there. This is another question for me that I just want to run through. Um I see. It's the Eric question. No, this is a question for all of us, but Classic. this is my fault. But this is my fault. This is from Darcy. A question from the cast. You got a lot of Killers references going. What is your favorite Killers song? <laughs> all of Hot Fuss, that's the answer. Oh, all of Hot Fuss. I love the Killers so much. I think that they're one of my favorite bands. I just saw them at the Firefly Festival, and Brandon Flowers puts on such a good show. The first half of Hot Fuss is just bangers all the way through. My favorite song from that is actually Smile Like You Mean It. But, of course, Mr. Brightside is my go-to karaoke song. So I've been a huge fan of the Killers for a long time. I've seen them a couple times at concert, and they're fuck you. Are you kidding? God I've seen damn. them done. Let's move on. I want to murder you in the eye. They're one of the best shows I've ever been to. That's why I go multiple times because they're definitely always one of the best ones. I am a huge fan because so I have all their albums. I love Hot Fuss. It's obviously the best, 
but I actually really love Sawdust, which is this collection. Sawdust is so good. It's just a collection of like sort of B sides yeah. from various albums, and it has like some covers, some it, like country covers. Very it's nice. the co- like, the other my other favorite song <laughs> is the cover of <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet's so good, which is by Dire Straits. Ruby, don't take your love. I think it's by the Dire Straits. Anyway, yeah. that's a, it's a that's a great cover, and it's got like the Abbey Road version of Sam Sound, which is just piano and like acoustic instruments. It's beautiful. There's also a song called Indie Rock and Roll, which is which on. I listened to when I was like fucking thirteen. Yeah, and then, same. Oh my god, it, it was like such like a formative like oh man fucking hipsters, and it's all about how indie rock and roll is just like super pretentious, and everyone who does indie rock and roll is super pretentious, and it's just like this B side they just left. On this album. Yep. And it's like Brandon Flowers is like so like condescending while also being like condescending to all sides. He's just so talented. But it's a reworked version. So like the version we had was like fucking LimeWire when we were 14 or whatever. Yep, and then yep, this yep. is like a real studio version of it. And it's beautiful. I kept I keep waiting for them to play indie rock and roll. And I just know they're never going to. Nope. This is a Killer's Appreciation Podcast. <laughs> I like music. <laughs> Music's good. This is called Death Saving Pro, a D&D and Killers uh, Ooh, podcast with Here, nice. I'll make it better. Uh, you know it's not good? Brandon Flower solo albums. No, I think it's kind of good. <laughs> Did you like it? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought it was okay. It's okay. Okay, I'm going to stop talking about the Killers. <laughs> uh, this is from Mr. Zorn, which is Chris. Thank you, Chris, from the Discord. Have you guys ever thought about doing one-off holiday-themed or seasonal-themed specials? Yes, please. Yes. Every episode has been. You just <laughs> haven't figured that <laughs> out. We to do a Halloween capsule episode. I know that in our content planning, we're we're kind of in the fall already, but like we really need to do a Halloween special. It's spooky. I want to do Halloween. I want to do uh, holidays, so winter holiday special. That'll be fun. It'll be like uh, it won't be Christmas party. It'll be like lightmas. I think we should do a Hanukkah. Lightica. Light- it's the holiday of light. Lightica. <laughs> John- Johnny's just Jewish. Johnny's isn't he? just Jewish, isn't he? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's uh, all right. Does anyone have uh, a party that they want to do? So, what would you call the Halloween party? Uh, would it just be Spook Halloween party? party? Spooky party. Uh. I guess it would just be Halloween party, huh? Yeah, Monst- Trick or treat monster party? mash. Ooh, Ooh monster. That'd be good. Trick or treat. There was like there's like a big table and like odd rolls are tricks and even rolls are treats. Oh, we good. This Ooh. is good. This is I good. Like and like everyone adds like a thing to the arena. Maybe it's a a help. Maybe it's a foe. I don't know. Like, like, it's like an arena, like a like an arcade boss rush sort of thing. Maybe. I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. So I wonder if there's something about like. Getting people around a table in this world would be so difficult. Yeah. So I think that that might be pretty interesting to look into. Longest and shortest day of the year would be a Johnny-like and shadow and light thing. Well, that could be the, the holiday party. could be on the winter solstice. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. And that could be the, the Lightmas or Lightica or Lightwanza. Mm-hmm. Or what's the thing with the pole and airing of the grievances? Oh fucking! Uh, we used to. I used to do this. I, I love this. This is Seinfeld. It's this Seinfeld. is very Jewish. Oh, it's Festivus. 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 Yeah. Light of us for the rest of us. That's funny. All right. Well, until uh, time stops and all three of us die, um, that's pretty much all we're going to get to for today. Thank you very much for joining us for this after party. Your support on Patreon specifically is what helps us sustain the show. So if you like the show, if you like the after party, if you love that we bring you to awesome episodes of D&D every other week. Uh, we would really appreciate your support. That's at patreon.com slash join the party pod. And there's all kinds of stuff. There are bloopers. There's cut audio. There are NPC backstories that Eric writes every single episode. And of course, access to our Discord, the most hoppin', hippin', party don't stop corner on the internet.
And if you're not in a place to uh, give to us financially, listen, sharing the show with a friend makes just as much of a difference. Like a Hydra, the more you share Join the Party, the people you share it to also get to share it. Burn it with fire. Burn it all with fire. And then your reach increases like a cloud of knives. No, wait, like a cloud of really good media recommendations. (laughs) The metaphor is a little bit ham-fisted, but the support really does mean a lot. So please join us on Patreon and or tell a friend about Join the Party. You can send them to jointhepartypod.com slash recap, where we have a recap of our past arcs, an explanation of the after party, a link to our beginner episodes for those who don't know D&D. Everything you have to know is right there on one page. I coded it. I think it's cute. Well, uh, until next time, gentlemen, any wisdom to share? Never trust a rosebush. Always have your to-do list on hand. Don't. 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 <laughs> Don't, don't Next time do you have a choice, just don't. <laughs> just don't. See you soon. See you later. Bye, guys. Undying Light be with you. Don't.